You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. All right, so like I said, we're going to continue on in our uh, series, Bah Humbug. And man, what we talked about last week to open this series is that we all have seasons in life that we just rather not go through. That we, we just have these situations, these moments, these seasons that are just really bah humbug seasons for us. That we, it's just, it's not fun. It's not something we would choose. But we have to go through these anyway. And we, we looked at Mary last week and how when she was told that she was going to have a baby, that, and that was really a bah humbug moment. And the way she responded to that moment is encouraging for us. So this week, we're going to look at Joseph. And we're going to see how he, at the same time, went through this bah humbug type moment. And he had a decision to make, just like we all have a decision to make. We could go through this season of of the the craziness. We could go through the season of of the hurt. We could go through all this stuff. And we can respond to where we run away from Jesus, or we can respond to where we run towards Jesus. And I think that it's really important for us. This is a a busy season. Amen? This Christmas, Thanksgiving to Christmas season is just busy. And it's it's one of those seasons that it causes people to, to just maybe do things that they normally don't do, to respond ways that they normally don't respond to, to just go crazy, if you will, because they're so just overwhelmed with the, the stuff of the season. So full transparency, this week was a very frustrating week for me. So I, I was driving to work Tuesday in my truck, which you guys know that I love my old truck, but it is old. And I've told you before that my daughter calls it old and raggedy. So it, it is probably... That's the truth, right? It's old and raggedy. It's got a lot of miles on it. And I was driving to work, and it was really cold, and I don't like the cold, and I don't work outside, so I'd never even have to go in the cold. And then my truck pretty much just, just breaks down. Like, it won't go. It shuts off. And I'm, I'm stranded, and it's cold outside. So I, I do make it into a gas station, not all the way in. There's a long driveway, and I make it into the driveway before the truck actually cuts off. So I'm kind of out of the way, kind of not. And, man, I have to find someone that has jumper cables because me being the manly man that I am, I don't have jumper, jumper cables um, because I love my wife, so I let her have them, right? Um, so I, I have to find someone at the gas station that has jumper cables and it's really early in the morning and they're probably trying to make it to work, right? So I do find someone who has like a, I don't even know if it was a four-cylinder. It might have been like a two-cylinder. They're trying to jump my truck off. It's just not working. And man, I'm texting my boss at work and he's like, man, I'll come save you. Like, that's just him, right? He just wants to come and be the, the hero. And I'm like, no, man, I don't want you to come because you're just going to talk junk the whole time, and I just don't have the patience for that, and man, so I'm trying to think, so I text Sam, because I'm really close to, to Grovetown, and I'm like, hey, is Daniel awake, and she's like, nope, but I will wake him up, and I was like, no, don't wake him up, like, it's, it's just super early in the morning, so I'm talking to Ashley, I'm like, 
yeah, I probably need to text your dad, but I really don't want to text the in-laws. Um, so there's a lot going on, right? And it's just, it's just building and building and building. I finally called my father-in-law um, because he's a mechanic. And so he comes and he gets me jumped off. We drive it not even two miles to advanced auto and it shuts off again. As soon as I pull in advanced auto, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm just, I'm going to get it towed. So I got it towed to uh, my buddy's shop. And it really wasn't that big a deal, right? I got the truck back Friday and I'm going to drive it until it breaks down again right? But that started my frustrating week. And what happens is that something can trigger or spark our entire week to go bad. So this is Tuesday, and something is, is kind of going on in my life that I don't really want to happen. And then things just start to just pile on top of that. So the week, we have a lot of stuff that we were doing at the the uh, parade festival stuff last night. And thank you so much for those of you who, who got that stuff together and who volunteered to serve. Man, you guys are, are like, y'all are the dream team. So I appreciate that. But man, I'm just thinking about all these things and man, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm having conversations with people that are just frustrating me. And, and then I have some people in my life that are allowed to speak truth to me right? Now, not everybody can speak truth in a certain way. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Some people have to be pretty careful the way they speak truth or I'll get upset. But there's a few people that can just give it to me how it is, right? And if you don't have those people in your life, you need to get those people. You need to have a certain group of people that can speak truth into your life. That can tell you when you're being dumb. That can tell you when you're not thinking things through that can tell you, hey, you need to calm down before you respond. Because if you don't, it's going to blow up even more. And I have those people in my life and they started telling me, hey, man, you need to chill out. Like, for one, you're about to preach on Sunday and it's probably part of your message, right? And I try to use everything I can as sermon illustrations. But what I don't ever want to use is if like I get in a fight with somebody, like a fist fight. And then I'm like, yeah, so I went to jail. Great illustration for the day, like that's not the type of illustrations that we need at Impact, right? So that didn't happen. But man, it, what it did is it caused me to pray a lot. It caused me to pray, and not just the popcorn prayers that we talk about here, but the deep prayers. Like, God, I need you to, I need you to do something inside of me because I don't want to respond the way you want me to respond. And I think we could be honest, right? And when we're in these moments, we can say, hey, I really don't want to respond the Christian way. I really don't want to respond the way that I know God wants me to respond because, man, that's not going to make me feel better. Like, I want to respond in this way. And, man, God, through other people, tell me, hey, calm down. Because that's not the way that you are supposed to respond. So we're going to see Joseph's response to his fiance, right? His, his pretty, you can say wife, because it was a ceremony, right? We talked about that last week, how they were betrothed, and what that meant is they, they really made promises to each other, and the only way to get out of that relationship was a, a, like a legal divorce. So Mary's pregnant, and Joseph, he finds out, right? So we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, starting in verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. 
when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. God, I pray that you speak this morning through your word, that from the story of Joseph, God, we too can learn how to respond in these bah humbug seasons. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want to do is, is the story is, is kind of set up already. We set that up last week, but for those of you who weren't here, uh, Mary is, is planning this big wedding, and she's, she's excited. It's this next step in the process, and she's got all her plans in front of her. She's about to marry the, the greatest guy in the world. They had never had sexual relations before. They were waiting. They were, they were being pure until that marriage. And then an angel comes to her and says, hey, you're going to get pregnant. And she's like, yeah, how's that going to happen? Like, I've never been with any guy ever. Don't really know. Not saying you're lying. Just saying I don't get it, right? So he tells her, hey, the, the Holy Spirit's going to come over you with a cloud and you're going you're gonna to be pregnant with the Son of God. I mean, that's pretty normal, right? So that's, that's, that's the setup. We saw how she responded. But this is Joseph's side of it, the one that she was going to marry. So now he hears, hey, so my, my fiance or my wife, she's, she's pregnant. And I know that I didn't get her pregnant, so who did? And again, as I said last week, I can't imagine this happening because, man, it would, it would not go well in my house, right? If my wife came to me and said she was pregnant, I knew that it wasn't mine, right? And it just wouldn't go well. I would try to be as loving as possible, but I'm just not sure I would respond. And, it, and a lot of times we read these stories like they really didn't happen. But they did. So I want us to, to try to get in this story and see how Joseph had to be feeling in this moment. That the woman that he loved, the woman that he had devoted and committed himself to, the woman that he had plans to, to live with forever and ever and to have kids with and to raise those kids to know God, she's pregnant. And he knows that it's not his. And we learned last week that because of her pregnancy, she could be punished to death. And it was Joseph's decision. It was Joseph's decision. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down into three things that he chose, and then I want us to look at some of his characteristics and qualities that we can take. But the first thing that Joseph chose was righteousness over reputation. He chose righteousness over reputation. We see... In verse 18 it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, 
When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, really important. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So this is what he does. He chooses the, the just route. He chooses the, the righteous route over his reputation. Because can you imagine what people in the small town would say about Mary and about Joseph? Now, we live in Harlem, so it should be easy for us to imagine what people would say in a small town. Because we live in a small town, and we get that, and we hear that, and we, we see how that plays out. And Joseph, who could have cared way more about his reputation and put her on display publicly and, and shame her and even have her put to death, no, he chooses righteousness over reputation. And I'm wondering this morning how many of us would do the same thing. How many of us would choose righteousness over what people think about us? How many of us would truly say, man, I want the Jesus way no matter what people say? Because we live in a culture where what other people say really matters. Where fitting in really matters. And Joseph had every right, had every right to divorce her on a public scale. Every right to have her put to shame every right to have her put to death because she was pregnant by someone else other than him. But because he was a just man and, listen to this, because he loved her. He said, hey, I still love her. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this quietly. I'm going to divorce her in secret so that she doesn't have to face the shame. And he didn't care about what people may say about him because he was choosing righteousness over reputation. The second thing we see that he chose is redemption over retaliation. And you say, well, how did he choose redemption? And the, the best part of this story is that the angel says that this son, this kid, is going to be the Savior of the world. He's going to save the world from their sins. And Joseph, hearing this, says, okay, so I could retaliate, but man, God has some kind of redemption plan. So I'm going to believe in this redemption plan more than I really want the retaliation. How many of you truly believe that there's redemption in Jesus. Just raise your hand. Raise it high. This is the reason, right? This is why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. We celebrate the birth of Jesus because it was the Savior coming to live with us for redemption. So that we could be redeemed by His blood. And then that's why so, man, we celebrate the birth of Jesus like crazy as the church and we celebrate Easter like crazy as the church because 
Man, the birth of Jesus is when, when He came and He started the plan to redeem us and to bring us back to the Father. And then Easter is where, man, He, he paid the ultimate price. And He defeated death so that we could be fully redeemed to the Father. And Joseph chooses redemption over retaliation. And then the third thing we see, Joseph chose radical obedience over recklessness. Radical obedience over recklessness. Verse 20 says this, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on to say that Jesus is going to save their people. And then this is what it says in verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. This is what we see. We see that and even though he had resolved to divorce her quietly, he was still considering these things. He was still considering whether he really wanted to do that or not. He still loved her. So he could have recklessly just went off and did whatever he thought he should have done. But it says when he woke up, he did what he was told. He chose radical obedience over recklessness. And here's here's what we have to understand. Is that reckless behavior will lead us down a path that we don't want to go. Man, behavior without Jesus, without the prompting of the Spirit, without being bathed in prayer, reckless decisions and actions will lead us down a path that we don't want to go. And when we go down that path, we realize it's a lot harder to get back than if we just were to follow Jesus to start with. Man, as some of us, we have to get to a place in our relationship with Him where we, we don't act so recklessly. Where we wait, we're patient, and then we practice radical obedience. Now there's some qualities, and there's just four qualities of Joseph that I, I think we should remember. And number, number one is this. Number one is he was tough, right? You had to be tough to go through this situation and not go crazy. Right? You have to be tough. Now whether that toughness was just from him or that toughness was from, from God, it doesn't say, but I can imagine that he had a toughness from knowing God and from knowing Scripture. And as a man, that's what we want to be. We want to be tough. Amen? Men, y'all want to be tough? Like, I want to be tough. That's why I give my wife the jumper cables. Like, man, I want to be a tough man. And Joseph was tough, and we see that because, man, he's, he's dealing with this crazy situation, and he doesn't go crazy. Here, here's the funny part of the, the Christmas story in Scripture, is that Joseph is the only character involved in this where we never, we never hear from him. He never says anything. And what that tells me is actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. Joseph didn't have to say anything because his actions showed his qualities. 
And how many of us can live life and say that our actions line up with what we say about ourselves? Or how many of us are just trying to fake it? And maybe one day we'll get there, right? And I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't just keep going and going and going, but what I'm saying is we should be honest and open and transparent about where we are so that we can get to where God wants us to be. But Joseph was tough, and the, the second thing we see, and this is going to be kind of contradictory maybe, but he was tender. We see that he was tender. And then the men here that want to be tough are like, yeah, I don't really care about the tender part, but this is what I want you to know about that is that Joseph, he chose mercy over malice. He was tender with his wife. And we can only, we can only speculate that because he had these qualities that he raised his kids the same way, that he chose mercy over malice. That he was tender-hearted, that he cared and that he loved and I'm going to talk to the men for just a second. But I want you to know that the way that your wife, the way that your children respond to God depends largely on the kind of husband and father that you are. And I want you to take that seriously this morning. Man, the... The way that your kids, the way that your wife respond to God. Man, it, it really depends on you. And I'm not saying that to put a lot of pressure on you. I'm saying that to, to let you know how important you are in the structure. You are so important as husbands, as fathers. If we want our wives and our children to respond to God, it largely depends on the kind of husband and father that we are. See, we teach them something about God every day. We teach them something about God every way or every day by the way that we live. So, men, are you chasing after Jesus? Are you leading your wife? Are you leading your kids? And it's a, it's a great responsibility for us to be the spiritual leaders that God has called us to be. And it starts with being tough for our families, but also being tender and choosing mercy over malice and leading the way that Jesus has called us to lead. The third quality we see, not only was Joseph tough, not only was Joseph tender, but Joseph was thoughtful. We saw that he considered these things, that he thought through these things, that he didn't just hear something and react. Right? There's a difference, and I want you to hear this this morning. There's a difference between reacting and responding. See, we react before we actually think things through. We respond after we think it through, we're thoughtful, and then we can make a decision that's calculated. We can make a decision that we know is biblical. We can make a decision that we've prayed about. We're not just reacting to something. 
that happens. And, and that's something that I even struggled with this week because I wanted to react to some things. And that's why it's so important to have people around you to say, hey, it's not time to react, it's time to respond. It's time to, to pray through these things. It's time to, to be thoughtful. Not only did he, was he thoughtful because he considered these things, he was thoughtful because he, he loved his wife. He was willing to lose everything for someone who he believed had betrayed him. Man, listen. Because a lot of us would say, man, I'm willing to lose everything for my wife. He was willing to lose everything for someone who he thought had betrayed him. Man, are we willing? Are we willing to love people even when they hurt us? And it doesn't mean that we have to allow them back in our lives. It doesn't mean that what they did was okay. It means that we continuously love because God has called us to love. Man, I was reading this week and it, it was a, the, the story was funny starting out and then it, it ended up being a pretty, I guess, godly story. So I'm going to say it. I'm going to tell you guys the story. But these two friends were walking through the desert and one of the friends slapped the other in the face. And I was like, this story is going to be awesome, right? So I just, I thought about me walking through the desert with a friend. You can fill in the blank, it doesn't matter. Me slapping him in the face and it'd be great. But the friend that got slapped in the face wrote down on the sand, this guy hurt me. And then they just kept walking. And then later on, the, the guy that got slapped in the face, he ended up in some kind of predicament where he was drowning. I don't even know how you drown in the desert, but they were in some water and he was drowning. And the friend that slapped him in the face saved him. And he wrote on a stone, my friend saved my life. And the one that slapped him and the one that saved him asked, hey, why did you write in the sand when I slapped you, but you wrote on a stone when I saved you? And he said, because when you, when you hurt me, I wanted to write it in the sand so the winds of forgiveness could come and take it away. But when you saved me, I wanted to write it on a stone so it would always be remembered. How many of us can let go of offenses? And if we want to get through this life and we can't hold on to it, then it'll kill us. It'll drag us down. And by us not forgiving other people, and it doesn't hurt them, it hurts us. It's like a chain that just that chains us down. And when we finally forgive and we allow, allow God to be God, the chain's broken. And we're freed up to live the life that God has for us. Man, but Joseph was tough, he was tender, he was thoughtful, and he was, number four, trusting. He was trusting. He had a dream, which wasn't uncommon back then, right? God spoke to people through dreams a lot in Scripture, we see. So this wasn't something that would have been really weird or scared uh, or scary to, to Joseph. And he's told, hey, so you can marry her. Like, she's still... She's still pure. She's still yours. 
the, the baby that she has is from the, the Holy Spirit. He's going to save the world from their sins. And Joseph has a decision to make. Like, yeah, maybe I ate some bad like Brussels sprouts or something, and that's why this dream. Or maybe God's really speaking to me, and he decided to trust God. And I don't want you to think that it's just that simple, right, every time. But I want you to know that God still speaks to his people. And that he speaks to his people through other people. That he speaks to his people through his word. And maybe you get spoken to in dreams. He's never spoken to me in a dream before. And if he did, I wouldn't remember anyway. I don't remember any of my dreams. But would you trust him? If God was standing here in this room, if God was standing here right in front of you and he told you something, he told you to do something, he answered a question for you that you've had, he tells you whatever, just whatever you're struggling with, he, he gives you an answer, he gives you a path, he gives you a, a glimpse of what it's going to look like if you just do this, would you trust him? And most of us would say, if God's standing right in front of me and he tells me exactly what to do, I'm going to do it. But he still does that. He may not be right here where you can see him, but he's still speaking into your situation through his word. He is still using other people in your life to speak into your situation. We have to be able to trust Him. We have to. Now, we want to be a people that's chasing after Jesus. Where, where others look at us and say, what are they doing? And we say, you know what? We're chasing righteousness. We don't care about our reputation." Where we say, hey, it's all about redemption for us because guess what? There's people that are lost and dying. I'm going to close with this. I went to a lead pastor roundtable this week and it was, it was really encouraging for me. Uh, Ryan Bloy, who's at West Ridge in Dallas, Georgia, outside of Atlanta. He was the speaker. He has a really large church. He planted the church a long time ago. And man, he cares about pastors and and just helping them have healthy relationships with their families. He, he talked about a lot of different stuff. But one thing that he said that stuck with me, and it's something that I want you to, to really take to heart this morning, is he said that we must, as Christ followers, we must, we must take ownership of the lostness of our city. There's people in our city who are lost. There's people in our city who are, who are dying and going to hell every day. And we as the church in this city should take ownership of that lostness. We should not want anyone of our people in our city to perish and go to hell. And this is, this is, re this is real life. It's reality. And it's up to us to share our story with people. And we're going to talk through how to do that. And we're going to do a whole series on, on really how to be that 
type of church. How to be the people that, that share the Gospel in a real practical, simple way with people. But it starts with prayer. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you this morning to, to think about some people in your life that you know need Jesus. I want you to start praying for them. I want you to pray that God would draw them unto Himself. And as you go through this season, and maybe this is a, a bah humbug season for you. Maybe this is one of those seasons that, that life just isn't all that great for you. And how are you responding to that? What are you doing to chase after Jesus? What are you choosing? What kind of qualities are you living out? I could give everybody a sheet of paper and say, hey, I want you to write your best qualities down. Which is always the worst part of a job interview, right? What's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? It's always horrible. And you guys would list some, some qualities out. But then as you begin to live life, man, would your actions, would the way that you live line up with the qualities that you put down on your paper? If you say, man, I'm an honest person, do you live an honest life? If you say, hey, I, I lead my family well, I'm a good leader, are you, are you living in a way that shows that you lead your family well? Say, oh, I'm a, I'm a, man, I'm a fervent prayer. Uh, I love praying. Are you living your life in a way where you're crying out to God on a consistent basis? We have to get to a point where we're not just words on paper, but we're living it out every single day. where we have a toughness about us because, man, as James teaches us, the trials are coming. And we're not going to escape them. They're, they're coming. Right? And I want you to know that. Like, you're going to face tribulation. You're going to face trials. And James says to count it all joy. Man, just be happy, right? No, he doesn't say be happy. He says to count it joy because you know that God's doing something. So we're going to have to have some toughness, but we're also going to have to have some tenderness. We're going to have to have some thoughtfulness as we think through things where we don't react, but we respond. Where we're bathing everything in prayer. Now we're going to have to be able to trust in God's plan. And I can't imagine being a, a teenage boy about to be married and then my fiance comes to me and says, hey, so I'm pregnant. Definitely teenage Dustin wouldn't have handled it well. I might actually, but full transparency would have been like, man, I'm glad it ain't mine. Like, but, and this was a different culture. They were about to be married. And this is a big deal. But the biggest deal of all 
was that Mary was about to give birth to the Savior of the world. And Joseph believed and trusted that this little baby would be the Son of God, would save everyone that would just put their trust and their faith in Him. And God wants to choose you. And this morning could be the day that you say, and I'm ready. It's time. And I've been thinking it through. But today I'm ready to make the decision. I'm ready to take that step. Maybe for some others, today is the day where you just say, man, I, I haven't been living this type of life at all. Like I don't have those qualities. I haven't been choosing righteousness over reputation. And today's the day that you make the decision to start choosing Jesus over the things of this world. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.